1: Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Ken, how you doing?
2: Hey, I'm great. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking today, Mike. That's awesome,
1: man. No headset needed today. It's a good, a big day for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big day. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Hey, in studio with us, and 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 I reached out to him because I, I I'm still like not sleeping well because of uh, the last month or so of the Milwaukee Brewers season. He is the bullpen catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, and he is a faith-in-the-zone guy. He's been in this his third time, and he is Marcus Hanel. Marcus, it's good to see you. How you been? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you uh, settled down? since the, uh, Your time off right now is is not like some guys that just get to hang out at home. I mean, I'm sure you're working out and doing all the things that you do, but emotionally, are you back from from that run?
3: Yeah, emotionally, it, it did take uh, a couple days, if not almost a week, just to kind of finally cool down, wind down, and uh, just kind of get your head on moving on to the offseason, uh, focusing on family, and uh, moving to uh, getting ready for spring training.
1: Hey, how, how different is it, and we're going to get into the season a little bit and talk about you know how, how your walk went this year and all of that, but how different is it for for you and your family, the adjustment of now you being home every day?
3: It is. Every year it's a major adjustment. It's that adjustment of like, all right, my wife has gotten a routine with the kids, and all of a sudden now the big guy gets home. And uh, don't want to ruffle any feathers, but you know, when you got. Uh you know, it just, the, the routines kind of changed a little. But it, it also was very helpful. My wife does an unbelievable job of our kids are very active, getting them to school, their sporting events. So now I get to, to help with that. And we kind of joke. She's the Duber. I'm the Duber, and she's the mover, you know, the Uber drivers for our kids. So um, get to help with the driving. You know, I get to be a part of the family. get to go to church with them. So um, there's a great amount of uh, uh, things that are happening, being home, it's just kind of the routine of other things that how, kind of get. How yeah. many
1: kids do you have? And how Four old? Four kids.
3: Uh, I got twin girls who are uh, sophomores in high school. Um, uh, I got my 12 year old. He's uh, in seventh grade, and uh, eight year old who is in third grade.
1: I was the eight-year-old. Those youngest ones. I always, I know. Pastor he's our G- ham of the family. He's, he the,
3: he's the entertainer. He keeps us loose. So man, he's something else.
1: So you have
2: the two girls, and they uh, help you with the the two boys, huh? They kind yeah, of, you know, they kind of, they kind of mother the boys a little bit, or you
3: know what? They are. Uh, I am very blessed. Uh, my, all my kids get along very well together. Mm-hmm. Um It's not like the girls mother. The, they're, they're they're brothers sisters, and they they, they play together, they do things together. Uh, they're all whatever it is uh my daughter one plays uh volleyball so my boys will you know bump the ball with her you know other one runs i will even uh train with her to run you know mm-hmm. my boys play baseball they might go out and just kind of shag for them so they're all in together on this thing so i'm very blessed how much uh they love one another and they get oh, along that's good well,
1: well that's that, awesome. that helps yeah, oh, that sure does a huge help. blessing. what high school do the girls go to
3: oh uh, my girls go to old creek high school
1: excellent yeah they uh Their programs over there are strong, and I think they're. I know their girls basketball program, and I talk to their football guy and baseball coach all the time. They get a new basketball coach over there, and that's that's athletically a really good school.
3: Yeah, very blessed. Uh, Yeah, my daughter plays volleyball for the uh, the the Oak Creek uh, High School. My daughter runs uh, cross country and track, and um, yeah, they I know they did. I think they finished in the top four in basketball for girls basketball last year, and uh, um, they made a little run with uh, volleyball this year. So they were pretty. They were young. So um, excited. I I I never envisioned myself being the, the dad already who sits in the bleachers like my parents did. Man, yeah. it sure comes fast, but I sure enjoy it. It's awesome. Yeah. Do yeah. you uh, and your
1: wife sit together when you're watching the games?
3: Uh, for the most part, but sometimes people come up and just want to chat with me. So yeah. while I'm watching, I kind of separate myself with my, uh, mm-hmm. and then I kind of just watch the game from a distance.
1: I, uh, I coached my son in high school basketball, and then during college basketball, my wife and I never sat next to each other. She wouldn't allow it because she said I didn't cheer correctly. <laughs> and I, I don't really know what that means, Marcus. I I didn't uh, think she cheered correctly. You're not supposed well, to root on the other team, right? You're, you're not saying anything about it, but you're not rooting. You know, you know, a kid makes a good play. You just kind of move on, but she's clapping. and I think uh, that's what she meant when, I, when she said I didn't cheer hey, correctly. Maybe it's I talked to the officials a little too much. Hey,
2: hey, I was sitting with you at a game, and, you know, you were fine. And then the next thing I know, you're up in the top row, and
1: you didn't want me to come up there and sit by you. So maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the common denominator <laughs> behind all this. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Maybe it was me actually. So it, it, it's been a while. I think it was Terry's fault, but we'll do, we'll leave it at that. Marcus, and and I told you this before we we started uh, recording. I have not had personally, and, and and I'm a big. I've always been a big Brewer fan. I'm a sports guy. I've lived here in Milwaukee my whole life, but I've never been as a fan where I sat at the end of my recliner. On, and 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 worried about every single pitch, for uh, ever for a week to ten days to maybe two weeks, um like like this run. And I want to thank you and the organization for what it did for this city. And, and and be working for a sports radio station, man. That's all anybody wanted to talk about was the Brewers. What? How do you think the Brewers to do? What? What are they gonna do here? Why did he pull this guy? What? And that the, everybody was talking about it. Not only. On, on our airwaves, but here in the building, I mean, people that w- they wear Cubs gear all the time. All of a sudden, they're like, "Look, my team's out. I'm a Brewer fan. I'm, I've jumped on the bandwagon." That Christian Yelich, he's really good, and Braun's playing well. And and so it, it was it was fun to be where we were. Do, can you can you sit back and enjoy why it's happening?
3: You do. Um, yeah, you're always looking ahead. Like, oh, what if we make it to the next series? Oh man, if we can get to you know. Um, it was an it was an incredible ride, and if you look at like from August um, to where we were trailing the Cubs, and then you could just see how the team was coming together. Um, I, a quick story: I think we had lost a tough series, or uh, we lost a tough game in Washington, and um, we came back. It was that I think we had that rain delay, right? And then we came back and we blew that lead in the eighth inning, and you know it was a pretty tough loss. And you know, guy, it was late, um, it was emotional, um, and then all of a sudden two guys Lorenzo Cain and Mustakas were just sitting at the table in the kitchen and just happened to walk by him and you can just hear him going you know this is going to be incredible when we make the playoffs this is going <laughs> to be sweet so they weren't like downcast by the result of the game. Um, They were already like, all right, tomorrow's another day. Let's go. And that was just the mentality um, that this team had. And if you saw the team, what made this team so special, everyone contributed. Um, There was guys sacrificing numbers for the better of the team. Um, They were moving from different positions to better the team. Um, guys were coming out of the bullpen that might have been starters, or guys were starters who weren't even really playing anymore, but they still were uh, contributing as far as their practices and work schedules and that they were doing. So, man, it was as fun and an entertaining year as you guys felt. We felt it in the bull. Uh, we felt it in the clubhouse and the stadium itself.
1: Well, and the additions that they made, the Mustakis and 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 guys like that. Um, where where you you just thought wow i and and again looking at it from afar thinking hold on they already have a third baseman and then Shaw moves to second and then they move Shaw a little bit to first and Shaw goes to third when he has to and and, and some of the moves that they made Curtis Grandison who who didn't play a ton but seemed to get a walk in a key spot every time he came up. And you saw him in the dugout when he was chatting with this guy and laughing with this guy. And I I just thought some of the moves that they made um, were really good. I I know that the second baseman for Baltimore struggled a little bit. I I thought September, I, I, I predicted it would be his month. And, and it just didn't I don't know if he just didn't get comfortable, but that guy's really good and defensively he helped out. It, it was just a fun ride. And for the people that were like me and I know there were a lot that sat on the edge of their couch or sat at the end of that recliner with every pitch and every hit, just you know lived and died, I, I just want to thank you. it was really fun.
3: Well, you know, I, I appreciate the thank yous. Um, it all goes down to, you know, who uh, spearhead David and Stearns and, you know, Craig Council and uh, putting together a staff and a club that uh, was entertaining. And um, I'm just very fortunate, like the guys, I mean – Truly, truly, was a family atmosphere from not just the ball players' the relationships you made, but even with um, young kids that had run around the clubhouse all the time, oh, you know? Nice. Um, so you were building relationships not only with the, you know, other players and coaches and stuff like that, but you're actually building relationships with the kids that are running in it. So it was a, a truly, truly family atmosphere. And and when we lost that last game, the emotions, uh, it was a very emotional clubhouse. And it wasn't just the fact that the season was done. I think you knew how special the group was, the relationships, like I said, that you're not going to see guys just because of free agency or the way their careers are, that uh, you made it. And and that was very hard, knowing, like, man, I might not see some of these guys and their kids. My kids might not see them. So that was a hard loss at the end for that reason alone, not just getting to the World Series. Tough business Mm
1: -hmm. you're in with that. Well, I
2: I love that hearing the story about the family because, you know, I love it when kids are running around. I tell folks at church all the time, it you know, don't – you know, if they're going to run into somebody, something, but for the most part, hey, we love the kids, but I was going to say, uh, the, the one guy that really surprised me with the Brewers was Arcia, um, when he, he, he got hot, I, didn't I'm he? telling you, sometimes when he would come up, I would be like, oh man, and then, man, he just went on a tear, I mean, he was just hitting the ball out of the park, and he, he did an awesome job, so it was, it was fun, and, we're glad to.
1: We're glad you're in here with us, talking a little bit about it. Before we get to a break, I and you've been around, and pastors coached, and he's been around athletic teams his whole life, as I have. I, if 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 the team really gets along well, and you lose a lot of games, it's not nearly as painful. And if a team that doesn't like each other, and as soon as the, the horn goes off, or as soon as the last pitch, they all scatter on their own, and you win a ton of games. It's, it's good, but it's not as sweet as when you get a team that succeeds and they really care about each other. Those come along so infrequently that when you have it, it, it just you know it's something special. And for a guy like you that's been around this for a long time and played high school and college and played in the pros and now part of this pro—well, you've been with the Brewers 15, 16 years, right?
3: Uh, this summer will be my 20th year.
1: 20th year. Wow. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about when a team really, and you talk about that family atmosphere, a lot of guys say it, you know, they say, oh yeah, we're, we're a big family. And, but then when you break it down and you start looking at it, nobody hangs out. They go on the road and one, you know, two guys go one way and three guys go another way and, and, and to have what you guys had and you could see it. You, if, if you've been around teams, you could see when they showed the the the, the dugout of the bullpen And one day, this guy's sitting next to this guy, and the next day, he's sitting over there, and he's sitting over there. You could tell that this team enjoyed each other.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of times, uh, addition by subtraction can help. And uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes uh, it's not always about the talent of a ball player, but it's what they bring inside a clubhouse Mm -hmm. and to make others better around them to succeed. So um, I think that's what we had. I don't think we always had the talented group of guys out there, but we had guys who will play for one another, and they believed in that. And uh, that's why we had the success that we had.
1: Well, you just made that comment, and I've been asked a couple times this week about some of the the moves that another professional sports team here in (laughs) – in Wisconsin made this week, and I used the same. The question was, are they looking for next year already? And I said, I don't think so. I think sometimes addition by subtraction. I've been in locker rooms before where you've had, you know, a a guy with some talent who just, you know, you had to get him out of the locker room in order to get better as a team. And so I I wonder if, if the moves that that, that uh, team, I think they were green and gold, but I'm not going to name them. I'm, I'm wondering if the moves they made was addition by subtraction. Guys, we've got to get you a break. He is Marcus Hannell He's a bullpen catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. He is also the founder of Coos for Kids. And uh, we're going to talk about Coos for Kids on the other side. Pastor, you're going to love this. If you go to their website, which is coosforkids.com, K-O-O-S for kids.com, Mark ten sixteen is right front and center on that website. And he took the ch- children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. That gives you an idea what Coos for Kids is about. And we'll talk to Marcus about that on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner and our in studio guest. He is Marcus Hannell, bullpen catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers and a founder of Coos for Kids. I know he's proud of what he does for a living, but he's really proud. When you talk to him about Coups for Kids, um, it's a big part of who he is. Go to com to learn more about this nonprofit uh, organization that does good, great work. It's Coups for Kids, K O O S, for Kids.com. And again, right on the front page of their website. Uh, it's bold. It's right there, mark ten sixteen, and he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. That was important for you to have that on your website, Marcus.
3: Yeah, we wanted uh, anyone who uh, understands where we're coming from, we want to know this is a blessing from the Lord. It's not of our yeah. hands, but it's of
1: his. Can you give us a history of Coos for Kids? I've read it and it's on the website, but if you could just talk a little bit about it, it was a number of years ago that you were approached to do something.
3: Yeah, so early 2000s, uh, I was, you know, being with the Brewers, everyone's always looking for memorabilia to help with fundraisers. And I had started helping out with some pretty decent fundraisers, but I would always see like the money raised seemed like it went more to corporate than it actually did to the purpose of what they're raising the money to so mm-hmm. it's kind of like ah, oh, man that's a little disheartening so um i said you know what i've always wanted to you know i said if i'd have a chance or an opportunity to help out children um in this area i would love to do so so some businessmen um said hey let's uh, get on board let's start this so in 2005 uh we kicked off coups for kids to help uh, terminally ill and disadvantaged kids in southeastern wisconsin
1: let me, on your website, and I printed this, I just wanted to to read this. Um, Marcus made it his, his mission to help children and share his love for Christ with them. And now he just needed a team to help get it started. And then they talk about the next couple of months, forming a committee of five people. And, and again, that was January 2005. They came up with the name Coups for, for Kids and decided that, uh, to focus on helping terminally ill and disadvantaged children in the local area. And it, it, to, to go on that website and just get the history, you know, I just learned about it a number of years ago when I got to know you a little bit. And so I didn't know the history until I went on the website and, and read it. And I thought, man, this is awesome. And and how far it's come in a short amount of time. Th- what you're doing, this is a short amount of time for compared to some of these other nonprofits. And when we talked earlier, you, you one of your big things used to be coach for Coos and you can't do that anymore because the orders that you wanted to place with companies code companies they couldn't they couldn't do the order because it was too big correct and i just look that for me in the business i'm in I, and you kind of like we're on the phone talking about this and i you must have heard it through the phone cuz i'm shaking my head saying you've got to be kidding me because everybody you're looking for big orders you're looking you know if you're a company that manufactures jackets and coats and they could not and you went to some of the big boys yes
3: I did Burlington right went to uh we Coles couldn't uh, do mass orders like that. Uh, we had used Sears, and then when Sears left, Sears was unbelievable when they were here. They yeah. accommodated us, and we would put our orders in uh, early, uh, you know, October. So by the time now November would come around, kids would have their jackets. Um, but then as they went out, uh, we kind of lost our our store. So we had tried some other ones. I don't want to put it. just no, that's all The right. distribution of it, even calling, getting to the warehouse, um, they couldn't withstand uh, all the orders. And and one of the reasons you know people like oh we have a lot of jackets we could give you or whatnot a lot of these kids have never had a brand new jacket right? and so one of the things that we wanted to have is have their own jacket to call their own. That Not nobody's hand, ever no worn. No one's yeah. ever wore it. Right. So that was a special thing about what we were trying to do is trying to give these kids brand new jackets, uh, winter coats for them to wear. Unfortunately our which is a great problem and a bad problem. It's a bad problem that so many kids needed coats but it's also uh, one that uh, we were for a long time we were able to, to help out and accommodate but but uh, our orders had gotten too big, and stores weren't able to, to keep up with it.
2: Marcus, how, how would you get it then to the kids? W- would this be like showing up at their school or going to their homes? How, how would you yeah, so, do it? Yeah, so
3: like you said, one of my passions was to share, uh, yeah. share mm-hmm. my message with the kids. So what I would do, we would pick out in southeastern Wisconsin uh, schools that had a certain poverty level. And through that, I would contact the, the, the school social worker, um, and I would say, this is who we are. Um, I would, and then if they're over, I would buy the entire school winter jackets from kindergarten all the way to fifth grade. And so then, um, what we would do is send um, some of our committee members. Um, we'd have the jacket sizes, and we'd fit every kid. And then we put an order in, and um, we would uh, then go back to that school. We usually did three to four schools. So imagine uh, now you can start figuring out the numbers right, that a we're big working number. with. All yeah. right? so. Then what I would do is I will do this for your school um, and I have no problem. But I I get to come in and I get to speak to your kids. Mm -hmm. And so I would run it as an assembly and then I would hand out all the jackets to every single kid in the school.
2: And so you got to share your testimony. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I know what the school is,
3: but it was a way like, you know, I got to share with them. Do
1: you know, um, and I know you know this, but how impressive it is. For a guy like me to hear this, because you didn't just put your name on it, put the board together and say, hey, go get him. Good luck. I mean, you were there. you, You were there handing the jackets out. Yeah, I mean, for, this isn't just a foundation that you you lend your name to. I mean, you're on the street on this thing, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's man, <laughs> good for you, good no, for you.
1: That's that's not the bad whole for thing. a boy from Racine. I just, yeah. I, you know, there's I, yeah, I, some good things come out of Racine. Yeah, a yeah. couple, a yeah. couple. You're well, one of them. That hey, that is for sure.
2: Hey, would some of the parents come uh, when they were going to have this assembly and you're giving the coats out? Did, yeah, did, um,
3: yeah, they'd be. Yeah, they would be there, and it was kind of cool. They kind of made it like a Brewer Day kind of thing, and some oh, okay. schools were just. Some responded really well um, in the way they made it, and they made it a huge deal for these kids. So it was a lot of fun. Um, but it was even fun for committee members. We'd have a day of sorting out. We're very fortunate. One of the guys on our committee, uh, Gallo Manufacturing out there, we would use his warehouse, and we'd have all the jackets laid out in his warehouse. And uh, we, unfortunately, we had so what we had to do, we had to go through every jacket. We had to take off every tag, every price tag, on them because um, once we gave them to the kids, we wanted just to be their own. Unfortunately, the, we found out the hard way. Like some of the parents were actually taking the jackets oh, oh. and returning them oh, and using the money for their own needs. Oh, so that's, uh, that is heartbreaking. So we so but the thing we'd had this warehouse. And we would sort out every jacket, take out, and then we would do them by sizes. And we'd, I mean, mass, And then then by school. And then we would sort them (laughs) by sizes, by school. We had a big night of it, so we would just uh, have a bunch of volunteers come out, like about Fifteen to twenty volunteers box them up all night, and then uh, they would uh, we'd have a dates set to go to schools, and Mm -hmm. they'd bring a big box truck and we'd drop them off. Hey,
2: does one as you did that? Is there a kid that you remember that just stands out to you as far as when he received that coat? You know his reaction. You got, yeah, but I I mean,
3: pretty much. I mean, all of them. them, um, They just come up and hug you like you know you've been with them as part of a family for the longest time so um, you see tears and eyes you know those kind of things and they just they almost don't want to leave your leg you know they're kind of just holding on to you especially these young ones. He is
1: Marcus Handel again bullpen catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers and if you missed our first segment we talked a lot about this season we'll get back to that uh, later in the show, but we're talking right now. He's the founder of Coos for kids. How did the the the, the word coos come up? And I know this because I read it, but <laughs> your your mom, when she said Marcus, she would say Marcus
3: correct. So uh, you know, growing up, uh, my mom and dad, like, they came over from Germany and with their accent when they' pronounced my name, uh, Marcus Marcus. So Marcus. um. Um, I always seem to be the uh, slower one out of the locker room, so <laughs> <laughs> in high school, finally one day, my mom opened up the door to the locker room and screened my name, and the only thing that echoed off coos. the walls was, Coos, 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 <laughs> and since then, everyone has called me Coos, so... Uh... That, that's, what, that's what you got.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Again, he is uh, Marcus Handel. He's the founder of Coos for, for Kids, and I would recommend go to their website the only thing that 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 I talked to Marcus about during the break is is I would love to find a place on the website for people that are feeling led to give to such a really good cause um, they don't have that on the website but there is a place to contact this organization and if you can send them an email and Jill his wife will will email you back if you're feeling led to donate and help this cause again who's for kids koos for kids.com did you ever think when you started this, Marcus, that you would get to a point where look, and and the the coat thing it went great, and and it maybe it's run its course. You just mm-hmm. you you have to order too many, but you you guys now are going to a different place, and we're going to talk about that. But when you started this in 2005, did you ever think you'd get to a point where we're we're trying to order too many coats?
3: No, you know, we didn't know uh, truthfully uh, where we were going to go with anything. We just knew we wanted to impact kids. And I think the first uh, year we did like 13 coats, um, <laughs> yeah. and we helped uh, a family um, who was uh, this young boy um, was terminally ill. So we helped him with a, a bunch of stuff and then it just slowly, slowly grew, grew into what it is now. We started a, a challenger baseball league um, where these kids in the summertime get to play baseball for Free that can't play in a regular league. Um, we've heard stories of uh, grandparents hearing their their grandkids talking for the first time, um, uh, ball or whatever it is, and uh, them just getting to be on playing on a dirt field. Uh, you know, so we're very fortunate we've been able to do that. Even have a bowling league in the winter time. Uh, uh, that uh, for three, excuse me, for three Sundays that these kids get to bowl and and you can just see the relationships that those kind of kids together. Um, when they see each other they light up and uh, the families get to become uh, mm-hmm. have a special bond themselves so just very fortunate yeah i didn't i didn't know where this was really gonna go we just know we wanted to impact the community mm-hmm. and when we say coups for kids i've said this all along um we don't think it's like just a coups for kids uh entity or or it's always i always look at it as a community project because everyone's involved in this if you donate money and stuff like that that's the one thing we don't keep any of it Anything we get is to go right back in the 100% community. 100% of it. So uh, you, obviously mm-hmm. there's some uh, reason to buy the jackets and buy you know that kind of stuff. But that's all. it's all going right. into the thing. Everything we did. Nobody
1: on your board is, is no, collecting a nothing, salary. Nothing, yeah. nothing, <laughs> So again, coups for Kids, and, and uh, go to the website, and you'll get a really good feel immediately. As soon as you go to the website... You'll get a good feel for who they are, what the with this ministry is to Marcus and his wife and and their group. And there's a picture on the website that um, it's it's you with this big smile and this little guy. And uh, look, I got three grandsons. We got kids. Uh, pastors got grandsons. And anybody that does the stuff that you do, I just I I, I just you know put my hands up and say thank you. Because I think it's the time it takes and the patience, and you obviously are very comfortable in that arena, and to be able to be comfortable with a bunch of kids that that you know are looking at you like, man, this guy he's with the Brewers and he's giving us this opportunity. I think is really important and it's a special gift. So thank you for that. And I, what I love too is that you're you're sharing
2: the gospel with them, and I, I don't I don't know if you. Have had opportunities where either kids or families have come up and said, hey, this is what we've been searching for. Thanks for sharing it with us, you know, and then trying to help get them plugged into church or whatever. Can Can you think of some scenarios like that that you've had, or is it something they come maybe and talk to you individually with?
3: Yeah, we've uh, um, had, you know, before every uh, baseball game where we have a, a, or anything that we do with the, the kids in the channel, we always are praying. Um, we've been able to invite people to church. Um, mm, when we correct. go visit some of our ill kids going up to the hospitals, uh, trying to be a comfort to them, kind of praying with mm. them, kind of, you know, lead them to the Lord uh, if they don't know who that mm. is. Um, um, but just trying to share the love of Christ with them going through a difficult time and just to know that we have our hope in him.
2: Yeah, man, man, that is. I tell you, Mike, that is. Uh, I'm glad to get Marcus back in here. I, yeah, I, I I need that encouragement today, man. That's awesome to see what you're doing. And, and I still remember. I th- you know, we'll probably get into your testimony in just a moment, but uh, I still remember you coming in your very first time saying, "Man, when I when I found the truth, I was like, man, nobody ever shared this with me. I want to share this with people." So
1: I think uh, we talk about him as much oh, we do. on the air as we talk about any of our guests. We talk about that with that that reaction that Marcus Hannell had when, when he talked about being a first generation Christian. Guys, we've got to get to a break. Again, our special guest for the entire hour in studio with us. He is Marcus Hannell bullpen catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. More importantly, he's the husband of Jill and the father of these four great kids and the founder of Coos for Kids. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057. FM The Fan.
0: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: All this time, all this
0: time, you covered me.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057. FM The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. We're joined in studio. He's a good one. Uh, we talk about him a lot on Faith in the Zone. Marcus Hanel. He's a bullpen catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. He is the founder of Coos for Kids. Again, I would highly recommend coupsforkids.com. K-O-O-S for Kids.com. K-O-O-S for Kids.com. Go on that website and take a look at some of the really good stuff that this organization is doing. Pastor?
2: Marcus, uh, one thing that we've done, and we've done it with you in the past, is had you share your testimony? That's what Faith in the Zone is all about, is for folks to share, hey, this is when my journey of faith with Jesus Christ began. And and I never get tired of hearing it. I never get tired of hearing anybody's story of how God worked in their life and brought them to that place when they recognized they were a sinner and they needed Jesus. So why, why don't you just... Share with us how that how, how that took place there in your life.
3: All right, how many minutes we got? You know, oh, we're good. <laughs> oh, we're take good, your time, man. Mr. You, you, I love it every time uh, <laughs> you share it. So you just
2: take your time, share um, it.
3: So uh, uh, you know, I was I was I was uh, you know my mom and dad came over from Germany. Um, you know, my mom would take me to church on a Sunday. You know, but uh, I never really had any uh, um, of my own kind of foundation or belief. Um, so uh just growing up, again, I was just kind of a church guy. Um, at that moment, uh I had a buddy while I was playing minor league baseball whose brother uh ended up taking his life. Mm-hmm. And um it started asking myself some deeper questions. And then I started leaning on guys who I thought had a different uh, perspective or just to kind of, they knew something was different about them. And I kind of just started churning some, asking them and, uh, some harder questions, Mm -hmm. you know, like, man, what happens when you die? Mm -hmm. Um, all this kind of stuff. What happens if you take your life? And they started directing me to the Bible. And like I said, I'd go to church on Sunday, but I never had ever really opened a Bible before. Um, so just, uh, started questioning maybe some of the things that, um, I had, um, Maybe was believing in or brought up in and um or even trying just to strengthen the faith that I had um as I played ball, um you always wondered like what is more than just baseball that was just me you know there's there's something just has to be more, especially after the death of my friend um so that was one of the things um then getting you know we were my wife and I were married um and uh it was it was you know we were married. Um, but, again, even us, as we were going through the process, like some of the things just didn't add up as where we were going. And um, we were kind of like something's amiss. And um, at that time I was going uh, – I was playing in the uh, spring training with the Atlanta Braves. And uh, there, Paul Bird, John Smoltz, uh, Tony Graffinino, um these guys were solid believers in Christ. And, um, you know, we can put our whole um, – like it's to say the difference between joy and happiness is um, happiness is all about worldly circumstances. Um, but joy, no matter what the circumstances you can always have. And these guys seem to have it all the time. So they brought me to a Bible study and it's like really the first time that I've actually opened the Bible and had guys go through it, break it down and kind of share out of it. And through the course of that spring and then Paul bird from some reason didn't make the big league club. And I guess it was God ordained because that summer, his wife built into my wife and we just shared the, uh, just shared, uh, again though, it was still not like sinking in my heart. Um, and I guess uh, they say was it 18 inches yeah, from of the heart uh, to a heart from, yeah. the heart from yeah. heaven and hell is there so uh, um, I still was doing the church thing but I still like didn't make my faith my own I didn't really truly trust that Jesus Christ was my savior so there's a difference between having knowledge of it and actually believing yep. it in my heart yeah, man, yep. and so uh, I didn't I just still was doing my own thing still I'd still go to church on Sunday but my wife and I still kind of just did our own thing um, and then um, I was reading the book series Left Behind, and the, and the yeah. Left Behind series was starts out you know on a plane, and all of a sudden passengers are missing, and chaos ensues because some of the pilots from different airlines. There's crap. I mean, it was just like intense, and just found out like man, in that book series, it's like the rapture has come. Like Jesus has taken those who believe in him, and so the question was, if Jesus was to come, would you be left behind? And I'd ask the heartfelt question of, yes, I would be. I'd be left behind. So all that coincided with uh, 2001 with 9-11. And so you put the the, the plane crashing into the World Trade Centers, um, me reading the book series, and I'm having all these kind of studies and kind of reading the word. And finally now I'm like, man. There's got to be more. And then at the time, Wayne Billgard, who was the, uh, uh, baseball chapel for our base chaplain for our baseball team, he kind of challenged me. You know, I always say he doesn't like when I say this, but he kind of punched me in the face, <laughs> 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 with, but with, with, but with truth, yeah, yes. yeah, he's like, man, yeah. where are you at? And, uh, you come on Sundays, you supposedly go, you know, you use Bible studies, but where are you at with the Lord? You know? And, uh, and he goes, better question. How's the Lord with you? And, uh. That one kind of sunk yeah, in. Yeah, that, that one gets uh, you a little bit. Like, whoa. Uh and so I went to a Bible study that he had been asking me in the off season now, and there was thirty other guys there. And um I was they were going through Romans. And that night through Romans, I was broke. Um and I just started crying, knowing I needed a savior, and I couldn't do this on my own anymore. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> uh those guys just uh brought me in a circle, prayed over me. And uh that was in November um, of, uh, 2001. And, uh, I, I've been running with him since not perfectly. Um, but I've been running with him. and, you know, uh, for those who, uh, might be a first generation or the first one to do so. Um, man, I was leaving behind, I don't want to say leave behind, but at the time, man, people thought I was in a cult friends, family members. They didn't understand what was going because, you know, my lifestyle, man was, uh, man, I was a pretty, I I was, I mean weekend with the buddies. You got uh, after a little bit. We had some fun. You know what yeah. I mean. Um, what we th- I, what I thought
1: was fun. I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I, I I thought that was a lot of fun. I don't think I I was misguided. Let's say that. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, it was
3: it wasn't like it was like uh, I mean we just you know we I'll be honest back in the day I mean I, I drank we did all those kind of things and um it wasn't uh, you look back it wasn't honoring to the Lord and those kind of things but at t- you know we weren't harm. But all those buddies were like, well, you're not going to drink anymore? And I was like, man, it's not honoring the Lord. So all of a sudden, you start losing favor with these friends that you grew up with. Um, people are like, whoa, man, you're not doing this anymore? Why not? You know, and it's like, it wasn't. And then even amongst my family members, like, you know, like, what do you think? Ah, you know, and it was just like, like, it was hard. Even my wife, was like, what's going on with you? Um, and at the same time, my wife and I were uh, both trying, we were trying to have children and uh, we were unsuccessful. And uh, it was a difficult time. Like, you know, you're searching, like, man, we're like pretty decent people here. And you're looking around, you're looking at young teenagers being unwed, having kids, or just some other people. Like, here you are, like, we got a decent family, you and I. And like, why can't we not? And so there's a lot of doubt. Like, you're kind of questioning God, which you never do, but um, you do. Um, But I just finally surrendered. All right, Lord, it's on you. And um, that winter, um, it was a difficult one because people were didn't want to befriend me anymore. I was getting new friends. My wife's like, what's going on? And, um, but then we kind of went to a different church and she saw, uh, a, a, a loving side. Um, and, uh, she was hearing a different message, a gospel centered message, um, not a works based uh yeah. message. Oh, yeah. So it was very, it was very encouraging to hear this. So, um, We did a men's Tuesday night. It was all winter. And um, before I left for spring training, the guys were going to pray for my season. And uh, they had asked Jill to come. And she saw these men um, who were on fire for the Lord praying for me. And it really touched her. And I remember she went back with uh, Wayne's wife, Carol, in the back room, and she just kind of cried and broke down. And uh, shortly after that, she gave her life to mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of months later, we found out we we're going to have our twin girls. So uh, <laughs> yeah. um, it was just a that's whole awesome. surrender there. So th- the thing was, is like, even though I was going to church, um, reading his word, I, I had to surrender. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's uh, um, it took 9 uh, 11, it took Left Behind, it took guys to, like I said, punch, punch me in you the face. <laughs> But that's not a bad thing. You know, I think a lot of times people are afraid of hurting people um, confrontationally. Um, Sometimes we're afraid, like, what are they going to think? Um, if I say this and I'm very thankful for Wayne not worrying about that and uh, he actually saved my soul uh, mm-hmm. for stepping up and doing so and I think sometimes we get too intimidated by the fact that uh, we don't want to uh, hurt someone's feelings with truth and we'll let them go down a road that's not good because uh, we're too worried about that and, um, at time, you, and, and there's ways of doing it um, he did it in a loving way I say punch in the face that sounds yeah. pretty nasty but um, he did it in a loving way and he showed the love of christ doing
1: so effective way guys i i would love to follow up with this but we have to get to a break here's marcus Hannell and and i gotta tell you the um his testimony for me just it, it reaches inside of my heart because he you know we, we we did a lot of the same stuff i think and i think that uh his his wife walking in. And my wife started going to Eastside Baptist Church, and I thought she was going to a cult. So it's something else. Hey, we will uh, continue with Marcus on the other side of the break. Again, he is a bullpen catcher for your Milwaukee Brewers, founder of Coos for Kids. I would recommend koosforkids.com, K-O-O-S for Kids.com. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: All this time, all this
0: time you covered me.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM The Fan. Hey, this is Mike McGiver alongside Pastor Ken Keltner for Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, he's Marcus Hannell bullpen catcher for your Milwaukee Brewers. Pastor, we talk about everybody's testimony, but it, you know it's just so powerful when 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 Marcus talks about you know his journey and and uh, a lot of people that are listening to this show. I'm telling you, they, they're they're going to go, wow, that that's kind of me. I go to, I go to church on Sunday, but I I don't have that relationship. I I don't really open the Bible much. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, when he talks about it, I think it's just, it's such a great story. And there's a lot of people that I think listen to the show that are going to nod their head and go, man, that's me.
2: Well, you know, a lot of people have the head knowledge and they think, oh, I believe in God. And I think you brought, you've brought it up often, Mike, I believe in God. Like I believe in Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. Knew all the stories. Yeah.
1: Grown up in, in the, in the school, in the Catholic church I went to um i knew jesus christ the exact same way i knew abraham lincoln i knew all the stories well i but i had no relationship because they i never opened the bible
2: yeah it it gets to the to the head knowledge in the bible actually says the devils believe in god and they even tremble you know so so i I liked how you said it mark is it, it has to go from my head down to my heart to open up my life and say i cannot save myself and basically that's what religion you know that's that's the big bugaboo with religion religion tells you you got to do something they might talk about jesus but they'll say well you got to do this and you got to do
1: this and you got to do this
2: and then on top of that they don't even really know for sure they're going to live with god one day mm-hmm. i think man how can you live like that
1: <laughs> hey i don't mean to change the subject but we only have four minutes left and i think what yeah. everybody's really wondering uh that's listening to the show is could i hit josh Hader? and you see my physique here marcus you know how quick my hands are <laughs> i how far could I hit that ball off, Hater?
3: Um, to my catcher's glove.
1: Yeah, we give him piss about that all the time. He better bring a bucket of balls because I'm gonna lose a bunch on him. <laughs> uh, my, I can't. I they slow it down. I can't even see it. I'm sure. My goodness, what is it like catching? Just having him warm up. They showed him dur- during the Dodger series warming up in the bullpen. They had a great camera out there, by the way. Man, even warming up, he brings it. He's not – I mean, when he gets it going and you could hear the pop, and I thought, man, Mark, his hand's got to be hurting today. <laughs> Is your hand hurt at all?
3: Uh, sometimes when it's cold out, but I'll tell you that, no. It's just uh, – it's uh, been battered and bruised enough where it's just – there's no feeling in it yeah, anymore. You
1: could I, still hold seven baseballs in that hand?
2: Yes, yeah, seven. Yeah. Hey, i got to ask you, do you ever go out and say, hey, I'm just going to take a little batting practice today?
3: Um it's been uh man it might have been 5 or 6 years it's been a long time now yeah i'm i'm uh, happy to not blow out right now so uh, I'll, 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 uh, <laughs> your knees Yeah. No occasionally back gets a little sore my shoulder from a lot of throwing because I mean I throw like you know before people even know the gates are opened up you know I'm playing long toss with so, the pitchers I'm warming up on flat ground I'm doing the starters bullpens and then I throw batting practice every day so
1: so you know, I'm in wow. uh, my brother lives in 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 uh, Dunedin Florida and he and he travels over to St Petersburg um in fact he's 65 still catching. He's catching in three leagues down in Florida. And I said, can you still throw guys out? He's like, yeah, they're not as fast as they used to be. I couldn't one-hop it and get these boys. But he's, he goes over to the Rays, and he is the, he's as big a Brewer fan. He will text me, I've tape taped the game, do not call me, don't tell me what's going on. <laughs> but we went over when, when you guys were in town a couple years ago, and we got there really early, and a guy he plays baseball with, Works for the race, so we were in that area right next to the bullpen where you get something to eat, and we were like the first people. I mean, we got there two hours early, and I watched you out in the outfield as you were long tossing and doing the stuff you're doing, and I thought, man, his he throws more than anybody on this team. Oh yeah, so shoulder is good.
3: Yeah, it's just you gotta stay on it. You know, uh, you know, before I didn't have to do as much. Off season training and stuff like that. I got to do a lot more of it to stay on top of it, but I've been very blessed. I've been, the Lord has blessed me physically where I haven't really had any big issues. Yeah,
2: you you look like you're in great shape. Uh, One last question. So, when you're throwing batting practice, have you ever hit anybody?
3: Uh funny thing is, I was trying to joke with uh, uh, Chase this year in uh, cages with. Uh, he was getting a little lippy on me, and so uh, I, I threw one up and in and hit him right in his arm. It was so funny. Yeah, laughter. No, thank you know. goodness. Smart. Yeah, he smart was, boy.
1: Well, it was
3: unintentional. It wasn't even hard. It maybe was just the kind first of, thing
1: I do is get in the, yeah. the batter's box with you throwing, <laughs> and if I could take you deep, then bring haters. Right? Let's see what. Let's you know what? I can't even a softball uh, this slow pitch softball anymore. So, all of this smack talk, I love talking it.
2: Oh, you but do. You, man! You do, I, I'll go
1: lefty against you, Marcus. I'll go lefty and I'll spray the ball a little bit. Guys, Marcus, I He's can't. He's a second baseman, uh, all right? He plays yeah. second base. And I turn it. I turn it. It's about a four step process it's the catch, step, Run over, throw. Yeah, I did. not nearly as quick as I used to be, Marcus Hannell I got to tell you. Hey, I, um, keep up the good work with Coos for Kids. And again, I, I know that I'm speaking for a lot of people listening uh, for those non-Cubs fans. That I, we, we thank the organization you work for and the work that you did for what a great run. And, and, and I learned uh, midway through the season that I was just going to enjoy it. No matter how it ended, I was just going to enjoy because I liked watching these guys play. I've been on the Yelich bandwagon a long time, and and that kid is really when he gets it going, he's really fun to watch. And and just thank you for the, for all the stuff that you do for the community, for for the Brewers, for for taking us on such a phenomenal ride. And and again, the city of Milwaukee is so so much in the state of Wisconsin behind the Milwaukee Brewers. He is Marcus Handel. Had a great holiday season. Uh, stay warm this winter and and you know what you're you're it catches and pitches report a lot sooner than you think, man. Yeah, it's coming quick. I'm excited about it. It's coming quick. Pastor, it's good to see yeah, you. Thank good you to very be here. much. Thanks, Mike. You bet uh thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone. Again, coups for kids. I want to get that one last time. koos for kids Take a look at that website. You can contact Jill if if you're feeling led uh to, to, to give some money for this great cause, please do that. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio one oh five seven FM.
3: Was it really amazing grace Now I know For certain Lord, it
0: was you that rescued me You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.